0: Hey friends, thank you guys so much for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today we're going to be discussing the second part of our Heaven and Hell episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us today as we continue our new season. In the last episode, we began our new fast forward season where we're discussing the future. And in our first couple episodes, we are discussing the reality of heaven and hell. Last episode, we spent our time together discussing hell. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the promise of heaven. And if you missed the last episode, please go check that out. In that episode, like I said, we discussed um, some misconceptions and some truths, some biblical truths about the reality of hell. And I think it's very 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 important for us as believers to listen to that. Just as a quick reminder for us that hell is a literal place that people are going every day. It's It's a good reminder for us, and today we're discussing the promise that we have as believers on what is to come. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic throughout the Bible, heaven is mentioned hundreds of times. And just like in the past episode where we discussed hell and dispelled some of the myths and perceptions about that place, today is going to be very similar. And my goal is to, again, set the record straight, drawing my source material straight from the Word of God. And in no way today do I want to try to convey my own personal opinions, thoughts, or perspectives on the matter. But instead, I want to draw the facts from the Bible and shed some light on what the Word of God has to say about this glorious place. So let's start by just simply confirming that heaven is in fact a real place. And just like we mentioned in the previous episode confirming that hell is a real place, so is heaven. They are two distinct literal places. And again, I believe that the entertainment industry has sowed quite a bit of mistruths about the reality of heaven, what it looks like, um, what we're going to be doing there. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and and sometimes we even have experienced that in some cartoons um, that maybe our children watch or maybe we've watched when we were little. I mean, there's always those images that we have about heaven that we seem to derive from television or movies. And and the fact is that nowhere in the Bible do we read that heaven is a place where we sit on clouds for all of eternity and watch baby angels pluck away at harps. We don't read that in the Bible. And as discussed in the previous episode, you know, it's true that not every single person goes to heaven either. And I understand that this fact is kind of uncomfortable for us to consider that some people, when they die, they don't go to heaven. But it would be unwise for us to hide behind that facade and not face the reality. We must be wise, we must be aware, and we must be educated as to what the Bible has to say. Paul teaches us in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, that heaven is a real place and that we should be focused on that place more so than our earthly home. It reads, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven not the things of earth for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world you will share in all his glory we should be cognizant of this place as we live our lives on this earth and we must come to the realization that heaven is our eternal home not earth, and that whatever we have on this earth in regards to our own personal possessions is nothing compared to what we will have in the life to come. Jesus said it best in regards to the reality of heaven in John 14, 1-3. He said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me wherever I am. And we all also know, which was also discussed in the prior episode, that we each have a choice to make in regards to where we want to spend eternity. In John 5, 24, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Throughout the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read about Jesus's ministry while on earth, and time and time again, Jesus preaches about heaven and the fact that he came to earth to die on the cross so that we could spend eternity with him. We mentioned before that if hell wasn't a real place, place, then it disregards the work Jesus accomplished on the cross. Well, arguably, the same could be said for heaven as well. Jesus died so that we could go to heaven, and so that we could not go to hell if we so choose. So now that we know that heaven is a real place, let's discuss what we'll be doing in heaven. There are things we will do in heaven, and there is an old saying that says, I'd rather party in hell than be bored in heaven. Well, sin shouldn't be a party to us, guys, and this saying just adds to the confusion of heaven. We will have things to do in heaven that will be rewarding to us, and we will not miss our old lives. There is no sorrow in heaven, and we will not miss what we have here. And the fact is, is that if sin is more pleasurable to us than spending eternity with God, then our mind isn't right to begin with. Better said, our heart isn't right with God. So sin doesn't give us fulfillment, it makes us empty. And it makes us empty from God, and it drives God away from us. To want sin more than God only should be a reminder to the depravity of the nature of man. Aside from physical tasks and duties, which we will have as ones who reign with Christ, one of the first things we'll acknowledge when we get to heaven is the beauty of heaven, is the actual place and the way it looks. We read about this in Revelation 21 when John saw the new heaven or New Jerusalem and described it as having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. And John continues by saying the wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. He continues by describing the walls of the city adorned with every kind of jewel. And he lists out these jewels and says that the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Guys, the streets of heaven will be made of gold. Imagine the best place on earth you can imagine, the best place you have seen. Heaven will be a million times that. Regards to its breathtaking appearance and we'll come across a few more scriptures later on that describe the physical beauty of heaven as well the fact of the matter is is that heaven will be a place like we've never seen before and to miss it would be a great mistake another misconception that i want to put to rest today is what some people think we're going to do with Jesus when we die and we hear about this often in in jest or or people just playing around or you know i don't know what their motivations are that you know the thought that when we die we're gonna run and just jump in jesus's lap and talk to him like he's a big Santa Claus or something like that. And the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, tells us about the end times and what we can expect. And the writer of Revelation, who is John, was given this revelation for the churches. And we read in Revelation 4 about someone who is sitting on the throne. Now, this is in reference to Jesus. But I wanted to just take a moment to read through this scripture and, and just ask the question, do you think when we read through this, that this is the image of somebody that we're just going to want to run and, and jump in his lap? So think about that as we read through these next few verses. In Revelation 4, John says, and instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like Jasper and Carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder and in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames this is the sevenfold spirit of god in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal in the center and around the throne were four living beings each covered with eyes front and back Think about that. The first of these living beings was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, They kept on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Friends, let me tell you that we're not going to just run up to King Jesus and sit on his lap like we're best buds. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but we have to acknowledge his holiness here. We're going to fall on our faces and worship to the one who is sitting on the throne. The image that John saw here was that there were other people and angels in heaven giving God praise and glory and this is too what we will do in heaven. And I'll talk about that piece a little bit more in just a second, but I just want to acknowledge the fact that here in this picture, it just really acknowledges his majesty and his holiness and his authority and his supremacy that, you know, we're not going to want to even do that. Whether or not we can is another question, but we're not going to want to do that. When we get there, we're going to acknowledge our depravity and want to worship him. So Revelation 21 also tells us what we can expect or better said what we won't be doing in heaven or what we won't expect in heaven. And we read that in verses four through eight, that Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, who is John, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So let's just appreciate this for a moment, that those of us that are going to heaven, Jesus is going to wipe away our tears, because when we get there, we will quickly discover the fact that we don't deserve to be there. He's going to wipe Our tears away. There will be no sadness. There will be no death. There will be no pain nor disease. Think about anything negative in your life right now. You won't experience it in heaven. Think about any aches and pains or diseases or sorrow you experience right now. You won't experience that in heaven. Think about the death of a friend or a loved one that you've experienced here in this life. There will be no death in heaven. This should make us really excited, friends. This should increase our hope and our faith in God that when we think about these things that we're going to do in heaven, let's also stop for a moment and acknowledge the fact that we're not going to be crying. We're not going to be sick. We're not going to hurt. We won't have sorrow. We won't have depression or anxiety. We won't have or face cancer or heart disease or diabetes. We will be living in a state of perfection, not for a month, not for a year, not even for a decade, but for all of eternity. A million years will pass by, and that will only be the start of it. So isn't that great news, guys, that When we think about what we can expect in heaven, let's also think about what we don't have to face anymore as well, and that should offer us great hope and encouragement. Now, a lot of people try to steer clear away from the book of Revelation, maybe because they don't understand it or they're scared of it. You know, I don't know the the motivation there, but the book tells us that there is a blessing for those who obey the words written in the book. John also tells us in Revelation 22, 3 through 7 about heaven that there won't be any curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servant Will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. So there's a blessing for us, guys. Don't steer clear away from the book of Revelation. Read it. Study it. There's a blessing on us for those who teach it, for those who read it, for those who study it, and for those who discuss it. There's a blessing on us, guys. So what else are we going to do in heaven? Well, according to the verse that we just read, we're going to be with our Lord, and we're going to worship Him. This is what I love about this scripture. Can I just be real for a second here, guys? What I love about this verse is that we're going to spend eternity worshiping God. John also says in Revelation 5 13, and then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Some people can barely even get through a church service, yet they think they're going to live it up in heaven. Friends, I'm just going to be real with you for a second, if I may. We must take worship down here seriously. Practice now for what you're going to be doing for eternity. Because if you have a hard time giving God worship while in church, singing a few songs, then you're really in for it when we get to heaven. Because we're going to be worshiping in heaven, and it's going to be an eternal church service. This should be super exciting for us. Not dull, not boredom, not... Um, anything to not be excited about. We should be excited. This should be super exciting for us because we're going to have the honor to worship our God forever. It shouldn't be a chore to worship God. It should be a privilege. We're going to be privileged to worship our Lord with angels and believers alike from our generation and those that came before us and even after us if the Lord tarries. This is an honor to us. We should be excited about that. And there are angels in heaven right now that are worshiping him and has from the beginning of time and will continue throughout eternity. We read this verse a few moments ago in Revelation 4, verse 8. We read, Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. You see, we don't even comprehend the holiness of God and the true worship that he really deserves. But I have a feeling we will begin to understand that when we get to heaven. Practice now for eternity. Next time you go to church, worship him and give him the best that you can. But don't wait for church. Do it now. Praise him now. Praise and worship him today. Because if we really want to go to heaven, we have to acknowledge praise and worship is going to be a big part once we get there. So once we get to heaven, we'll also partake in the biggest family reunion of all time with the biggest feast of all time. And we read about this in Isaiah 25, Matthew 8, and Luke 22. And at this feast, we will again be together with other believers. We'll get to enjoy this feast with the likes of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, David, Daniel, Paul, and even those friends and family that may have gone before us. We'll get to see our grandparents again, our, our parents again, our siblings, or our aunts and uncles, cousins, children. We're going to be able to participate in the biggest feast of all mankind, sitting and eating and fellowshipping with our friends and family and with those heroes of faith that we read about in the Bible. Guys, that's going to be an awesome event. We're also going to see the enemy be put to rest. This, too, is going to be an amazing event that we're going to experience while in heaven. In eternity future, we will see one of the biggest showdowns of all time, and we read about this in Revelation chapter 20. John writes Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Can you imagine being there for this event? The tempter and the tormentor of all believers will finally be put down and we're going to be there to see it. This is going to be one of the greatest things to experience in eternity. And this also highlights the point that when we are in heaven, we're not going to face temptation anymore. I don't know about you, but temptation is present almost anywhere we go nowadays, and it doesn't matter what your temptation is, it's going to find you out. The battle is very tiring after a while, and I hear this a lot from those that have been serving the Lord much longer than I have, that maybe generations ahead of me, that the older we get, the more tired we get of being tempted. This offers great rest for us, guys, that when we get to heaven, we're not going to face temptation. We're not going to be tempted anymore. And we're also going to see that great showdown. That's going to be an amazing event. In heaven, we're also going to reign with Christ. 2 Timothy 2 11, verse 12 teaches us that if we endure this life and remain faithful, then one day we will get to reign with Christ in eternity. He says, You can trust these words. If we were joined with him in his death, then we are joined with him in his life. If we are joined with him in his sufferings, then we will reign together with him in his triumph. If we suffer with him, then we're going to reign with him. One author put this so well when they said, we We may not often think of ourselves as kings and queens who will rule over creation, but this consequence of our redemption flows directly from who the Lord made us to be and what salvation has accomplished in repairing His broken image. God made us to have dominion over creation to rule it for His glory, and we read about that in Genesis chapter 1. We forfeited our ability to fulfill this vocation in Adam, but Christ succeeded in reigning over creation as the last Adam. In Him, we are now. Now, able once more to achieve our original purpose as righteous rulers of this world. Guys, isn't that amazing? Friends, Heaven is a real place and we will not be floating on clouds throughout eternity with baby angels playing instruments, okay? Heaven is a perfect place. A lot of people wonder if we'll be aware that maybe some of our loved ones didn't make it to heaven. And and the answer to that is that even though we will recognize those around us, we'll also be cognizant of God's holiness and the salvation offered to us by the cross. All of us deserve hell and none of us deserve heaven, and it is by God's grace that any of us make it there. So do I know the answer to that and how that would work? I don't. I'm not going to try to pretend I do, and I'm not here to give you my opinions either. I don't know how God will veil that for us, but I know that heaven is a perfect place according to the word of God, and that there's no sorrow there. Well, how can we be aware that maybe our significant others aren't there, or our parents, or our children may not be there, and not have sorrow, right? If we acknowledge and we know that, sure, we're going to be sad and and recognize that. But, you know, God is so much higher than, than our thoughts and our ways, and we can't comprehend how God will make some of those things be done. But in reality, guys, can we comprehend how God spoke and created everything we see? No, we can't fully comprehend that. Can we comprehend the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, three, but yet one God? Can we comprehend that? Man, our minds are so feeble, we can't comprehend the things of God. But I do know that heaven is a perfect place, and that there is no sorrow according to the Word of God, so there is an answer to that. Even though we will recognize those around us, we'll be cognizant of God's holiness and the salvation that He gave us through the cross. So I hope today was a quick reminder to us all of what promises are available to us in the kingdom of God from an eternity future perspective. Guys, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And I know many of you listening to this today recognize that, that there is a place of paradise and a place of torment. And there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the in the life. One author put it like this, heaven is an instant gift if you choose to accept it. It is not a lifetime achievement award. We can't earn it, but we can receive it through Christ by faith in accepting and believing what he did for us and by repenting of our sins. And one of the scariest things to consider about death is the fact that once we breathe our last breath, the decision is sealed. There is no second chances. There is no do-overs. Whatever you chose to do and however you chose to live your life will be sealed for all of eternity upon your death. A lot of people may take salvation for granted and may think along the lines of, well, you know, I'm just gonna party and live life to the fullest right now, doing whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it and with whomever I want to do it with. And then when I get older and I settle down or even start approaching death, then maybe then I'll take my walk with Christ more seriously and I'll try to repent and... and you know get my sins forgiven and that way I'll have a my card punched, so that when I die I can go to heaven that's such a terrible mistake to make guys because we never know when we might get in the car and that might be our last trip and we never know when we might go to sleep and not wake up the next morning. We never know when some terrible unknown disease may take us suddenly. And we definitely should not take for granted God's grace that he has given to us as a gift. We are in the church age. We are in the dispensation where we can tap into that. One day that's going to be cut off. The Bible tells us that none of us are promised tomorrow. Live in the right here and the right now. And I urge you, take your walk with Christ seriously because you never know when you might breathe your last breath. Not all of us live to be 90 and get to make things right before we die. And we're not guaranteed that anyway. And unfortunately, the reality of life is that, you know, some of us die young and we may not think that that's even a possibility, but it it can be. And we're not promised tomorrow. So I just thought I'd plug that in there for us as well. Just as a reminder, guys, don't wait, do it now. Give your life to God now. What are you waiting for? What in this life is worth missing heaven over? What in this life is worth giving up the opportunity to live and reign and worship Christ for all of eternity? Guys, there's nothing here that's worth it. There ain't nothing here worth missing eternity for. We read in Revelation 5 that we're all going to give God the glory. I like the way the Passion Translation reads it In the uh, chapter 5 verse 13 it says then every living being joined the angelic choir every creature in heaven and on earth under the earth in the sea and everything in them were worshiping with one voice saying praise honor glory and dominion be to god enthroned and to into christ the lamb forever and ever the question i want to ask you is are you going to give him the glory as his servant and follower or as someone who rejected him the fact is that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that jesus christ is lord but which side of the line are you going to be on when that day comes. The choice is ours to make and we should pray that the Holy Spirit will draw us in so we can live the life here that God wants us to live. But we should also prepare for what is to come and to try to gather as many people as we can as we head that way. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you are new and you haven't done it yet, don't forget to subscribe as well and look forward to future episodes in this fast forward season. Guys, we're having a lot of fun with this. I hope you guys stay strong in the faith and I look forward to talking to you next time.